0: As-salamu alaykum. peace be upon you. Welcome to the Matcha Talk podcast with me, Samia of Sunnah Living. I am here every Monday to have a down-to-earth, real conversation with you. This is a beautiful morning. I have my warm matcha latte ready to go and a topic I'm burning to talk about. Let's begin. Welcome back to the Matcha Talk podcast. This is your host, Samia. And today, I want to share with you a story about animals. And this is how this reflection came about to being. So right now, my husband is out of town. Um, and even if that's not the case, whenever it's Juma time and he goes to attend the Juma prayers, and if I'm not going with him, I always ask him what the khutbah was about. Uh, I still remember in our previous community, the masjid was very small and inactive. I've talked a lot about this on on all of my social media channels and in real life friendships. Um, so the, the khutbas over there were pretty horrific. So sometimes though, there would be one or two which were a gem and he would learn something and he would share that with me. So every single time, whenever he goes to Juma prayers, I always ask him, hey, how was the khutbah? What was it all about? So this time he was actually in Orlando, Florida, and he attended the masjid there, the, the Jama, the, what is it called? Uh, Jama masjid, they call that there. Um, and it is Imam Tariq. Now, Imam Tariq is the one who is the Imam of the masjid, and he's actually a sheikh as well. And he's a scholar of the Bukhari hadith. So, in the khutbah, he shared something, a story, which Hamza related to me about Bukhari. The way that Bukhari actually ended up collecting hadith was that he traveled all over. He was basically the hadith collector. He traveled everywhere and he made sure that the people who had the hadith had certain characteristics which would distinguish them as respectful and trustworthy human beings. And so this is how he collected all of the hadith. He made sure that the people that he was talking to had enough credibility from many different angles to be part of his book. So one point he uh, approached a village. He knew that someone was there was this man who had this specific hadith and he was like oh i want to meet him and want to ask him and talk to him about the hadith and so he went over there uh, but he couldn't find him and he went over to his house and his wife was there so he approached her He says you know i'm here to meet with with your husband and she was like well he's not he's not here right now he's going to be back at this at this time and so he asked her hey this is urgent i really need to go meet him and to talk to him about this and so she told him where he was And it turns out that he was in this little farm area or something and he was dealing with sheep and he was dealing with farm animals and doing his thing. So he went over there and as he was approaching there, he witnessed something. He saw that man waving what could have been like a bag of food for the sheep. So he was like, oh, hey, look, I have food to herd the sheep towards him. Because herding sheep is hard. People have sheep dogs. Like this is a real thing. And so this was his method. He shook a bag, what the sheep thought were food, to go towards him. But he did not have any food in this bag. So what did Imam Bukhari say? He he turned around. He was like, this person is completely unreliable. It is dishonest and cannot be trusted to carry this hadith. So this hadith is not going to be part of the Bukhari. Well, at least not from his narration, anyway. Uh, can you imagine this? Like, this is an animal, and he's trying to herd them all together. But because he did it so in a dishonest manner, it was he was no longer credible to be part of something so beautiful. That was actually mind blowing because... Uh, you know, I've done this to my cats sometimes and I've done this to, uh, and Hamza has done this too, that sometimes we're like, hey, we want to get the cats over because we don't know where they are or something is going wrong or something's not going wrong. We just want them to be near us or something. And we will kind of bait them with, with the little special calls we have for food. Now, the, I will I will say, though, it's not always the case. Every time I do contact them and we have this thing, I'm like, hey Hamza, you know, if, you're, if we're going to con- collect them for food, that means we got to give them something. Like we just can't be like, oh, hey, look, here it is. And then we don't give them anything. So we always have like a treat or something that we give, but sometimes we don't. Sometimes that's just not how it happens. And subhanAllah, it was amazing. And it just made me stop and think for a few minutes. What an amazing religion that we have. Look, these were animals, right? Like they don't really care. I mean, they do, but then at the same time, they don't really care. If they don't get food from you, they'll get it from somewhere else. They'll be like, well, that's messed up, and they will continue living with their life. But the reality is not how the animals feel or how the animals are affected, but the reality is what comes out of your mouth. So that man, according to Bukhari, was dishonest. His being at that time was dishonest, and the dishonest tongue cannot carry a hadith. And this is something that is often forgotten, this idea that, you know, the harm, the things that we do, the things that we watch, oh, it's okay, it's, it's not that harmful, you know, we're just joking, or this is just in jest, you know, I'm just joking about this, I'm not really serious about this. Well, what, what led to a point where you felt comfortable for it to even speak on your tongue? There was this controversy that I recently got new about. It's just—I mean, this happened, I think, two years ago, 2018. Yes, so it happened two years ago about this couple, um, very well-known um, Muslim couples that are in the social media world, and there was a discussion in which they have, in which the the husband, um, spoke in a very unbecoming manner, and I liked the conversation that that the video I thaw- saw about it was happening. Honestly. I don't recommend it this was I, I mean I'm, sh- I'm not sure how it came upon these videos I was watching one and I was like oh what this is interesting and I clicked on it and and it sucked me in and I shouldn't have um, but but the commenter they were talking about it and they were saying that look the everyone is so upset that you know she did this or she did that it's a conversation with hijab she did this or she did that but they're not even focused on what he is saying So they were focused on the outside modesty, but they were not really focused on the inside modesty, and both are equally important. Let's just it's not one over the other, but they're equally important, both of them. And you know, that is so very true. What at what point do we allow our tongue to say something that is so unbecoming and something that really we should not say? And it's not like, oh look, I'm just joking, I'm just saying this, it's not harming you, it's not harming anyone. But the most important harm that it has is on yourself. So whatever it is that you're saying, before anything else, before any other consequence, it's gonna have a consequence on yourself. It's going to affect your heart, it's gonna affect the spirituality. And when a person has that weakened heart and weakened spirituality, then it is really difficult to to be I don't know, to just be a person of credibility. Because it's kind of like a slippery slope. If you allow yourself to do this, then what else are you going to allow yourself to do? It's kind of like the hadith that we hear a lot about. And the Prophet said something about, if you don't have shame, just do whatever you want. That's kind of what it is. If you don't have any sense of consequence, if you don't think that, you know, anything that you do will have anything of consequence, then, then just do whatever you want. Because in the end, I mean, who cares, right? Like, if whatever a single person is saying cannot have any harm, then who cares? Just do whatever you want. And oh my goodness, I mean, this was really amazing. It, as you can see, it brought all of these thoughts into my mind. And one more thing, I, I just wanted to talk all about here as well was the fact that you know sometimes we we do things individually. Um, maybe in the comfort of the people who we trust, that surround us as a couple of handful of friends who are like whatever they don't really care, or we might do it in the comfort of our own homes and the you know under the privacy of the night, and we don't realize that all of the things that Islam has said that we should not do, it really is for our benefit as individuals and as a society. So once one thing starts happening the entire society becomes susceptible to it. So they do say a lot of the times that, you know, if you have these sins that you struggle and you deal with, don't display them, just hide them. You don't want to utter that because then once it's out there, someone else will be like, oh yeah, I can relate to this. Oh yeah, sure, and they'll find uh, validation. And before you know it, 50 other people have found validation. And then people are talking, oh yeah, look, you know, I struggle with this too, so I mean, whatever, right? And, and, and it's just like a slippery slope. It just keeps going downwards. And before you know it, the entire society is thinking that, oh, well, you know what? I saw those 100 people do it the other day, and it's not really that big of a deal when it is a really big transgression against Allah. That is a big of a deal. I was actually uh, reading this um, article Uh, No, it was not an article. It was a YouTube video. It was like a cooking video I was watching. And it was this this chef, an Indian chef, who was like a Michelin star. And he was talking about dal that he made with his mother. and, And it was all about that. And there was a person who left a comment down there. I don't know why some things turned into religious hatred. I don't understand. But there was this person who commented something really messed up. And so he received a bunch of responses, obviously. Feeding the trolls was happening. And me being my stupid self was just <laughs> going through the comments. And this person said, you know, he was he was a Muslim and he was defending Islam and he was very vulgar about it. Like he was using uh, foul languages and all that stuff. And someone kind of reminded him was like, "Hey, you know, like you're a Muslim man, like, you know, you don't need to speak like that. We can we can get the message across without speaking like that, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And the guy who had said the foul things to begin with actually defended himself and he was like hey you know what i'm not perfect i do all of this i drink i I, you know i drink alcohol i i party i do this and that um you know i i am a faulty human being there's a verse in the quran and that's what he's saying there's a verse in the quran that says that a prostitute was saved because she fed the water to the dog so You know, it's not all, and and I was like, wait, there's so many things wrong here. The first thing wrong is that the verse is not in the Quran, it's the Hadith. The Quran has something like direct rulings or direct lessons on what not to do and what to do. And one of them is that we shouldn't use foul language. We should speak in a very beautified manner, especially if we are against, uh, you know, or arguing or debating something. We need to debate in a beautiful manner. Um, But I mean, it just, it just brought me thinking of how crazy sometimes we think one thing and then it just leads to something entirely different. The Hadith is not about that. That, oh, that doesn't give you permission to do whatever it is that you want because that one prostitute was given paradise. It's not about that. It's about you understanding that she did one act of sincerity. That's what this hadith is about. So do one act of sincerity every day just for Allah's sake and see what happens. And otherwise, if you're living a life which is very faulty, you know, you, you make... Uh, You make amends, you ask forgiveness, and you just try your best. But the hadith is not like, oh, well, if she can do it, then I can do it too. That's not the whole idea. The idea is sincerity. The idea is with this connection and just she made with Allah when she was feeding that animal. There's a lot that goes into it. I mean, it was just really, really, really amazing. All of this conversation about... What people say, and sometimes how we don't realize the consequences it can have on our own selves, and just the story of Bukhari and him meeting the man and just backing away, like he traveled to see him, especially for this hadith. He got there, and you know, normally some people would be like, you know what? I mean, come on, you know, just you know, it's a little thing. I spent like a whole like three weeks coming to this man. And I mean, otherwise he's fine. You know, let me just, but no, no, this was a this was a very important task. And he just could not trust a man who would allow a dishonest statement or dishonest action to come out of his limbs and out of his body. Isn't that amazing? Just one thing, just one thing. And just as a parting words for this episode, I want to share that. Just like Imam Bukhari, he was looking at a person he was going to have some sort of a relationship with. Especially in this case, it was a very sacred thing. But I mean, in any case, he wanted to have a relationship with this person. It was a give and take kind of relationship. He had to go see his character and personality and he saw it. He noticed everything and he was like, all right, this is something that is, for this purpose, I cannot sacrifice anything for this you know like that was his non-negotiable thing like this character has to be on point this has to be on point and a the checklist needs to be checked for them to continue having a relationship and so that's something that we also need to do ourselves when we are getting into a relationship whether it is romantic or whether it is some sort of a you know friendship Or things or even business we need to look at the person's character because their character determines what they're going to do in the time of adversity like we have to be really super super careful I have known of some relationships um, this this in regards to this is romantic ones I want to talk about today Um, yes you know they started off and they just missed all these signs they just missed them. They were like, "Oh, this is no big deal. It's going to change. It's going to be like this." And then, and then the situation is completely different after they finally do tie the knot. So we have to be really careful and understand. All right, what is it that is something I need to watch out for? And I know this is very hard. I am actually still reading a book which I really need to finish by now. Um, about um, let me get that name real quick. Uh, Yes, it is Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell, and he talks about that, uh, how sometimes we meet people and we have all these red flags, but we don't really notice them. We just look over them because they have not met our limit. So every one of us, we have different limits. And sometimes, especially when it when it comes to interpersonal interactions, where we are really meeting the person face-to-face, sometimes we miss the red flags, even though someone else would be like, oh yeah, this is a huge red flag, and we would totally miss that. So this is something else. I mean, I, I think later on in the book, he's going to talk about how to overcome those things, hopefully. Uh, but right now, that was really, really very interesting, and I wanted to share that with you. And just remind both of us to be really, really careful who comes into our life, who we form a relationship with, who we work with, because eventually, you know, there's going to be a time where that relationship is going to be tested. And you don't want to be on a disappointing end of that. You don't want to be receiving the bad stick. You know what I'm saying? Um, So yes, be very, very mindful of what a person's character is, and all the same time developing our own. Thank you for joining me today. Let me know on our conversation on Instagram, I have a question for you. What are some instances in your life where you have disqualified a person in that way? Like there was a relationship you're going to build, but that person did one thing, which you were like, nope, I am just going to close my door now and never look back at this again. What is that one thing that has happened to you? Thank you very much for joining me today and I'll see you next time. Okay, this is it for today. Thank you so much for joining me. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. Also, you can find me on YouTube and Instagram at Sunna Living and on my blog sunnaliving.com where I have more content about topics similar to today. Wishing you a beautiful week ahead. Until next time, Assalamualaikum.